0: Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other children, family, friends, community, and your higher power. This show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now, let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back show started because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host, Dr. April, and co-host, Dr. Kelly.
1: Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. Welcome, Dr. Kelly. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty fantastic, Dr. April. I could not be more excited to be here, and I am not joking.
1: I know. Yes, yes. If you all missed our last show, we talked about music and intimacy and opera and how to date in the 50s. And today, we're actually going to talk about something That we have been trying to do that we're working on and we're still not the expert in it but conversations about intimacy especially with women
2: yeah i'm i'm new to this i have to say i grew up with a very conservative background and that's why uh pamela heavy book made such a big difference in my life when i started reading it uh just last week didn't get to finish the whole thing but i'm telling you it just reminded me of where i've come from Importance of friendships with women, and most of all, that safe safe haven. Truly, yes. About today,
1: awesome. Yes. So, by any chance, can do you mind introducing our guests? Because I know you had a college history with the guests, right?
2: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I would love to introduce our guests as soon as possible, like right now. This is Pamela Havy Lau. She is the wife of Brad Lau. She is an author. She's a speaker. She's an editor. She's a friend. She's a mother of three young women. And here's our guest, Pamela Lau. Welcome. Well,
3: hello, Dr. April and Dr. Kelly. I'm between two doctors. Should I be nervous? Yes. (laughs) She says no. I say yes. (laughs) Oh, okay.
2: (laughs) Um, I just am so pleased. You know this, Pam. I have not seen you since your wedding day. And it's been so long. So much has happened in the we won't say how many years, but 30. I already, 33 decades, decades and reading your book. And I'm just going to say this right now, reading your book, just simply reminded me of when we had coffee together, when we worked at the same restaurant, we made a fresh pot at the end of the night and we had coffee together. So I made coffee. That's how <laughs> I I'm doing it, conversation and people can eavesdrop into this conversation with my friend, Dr. April, Pamela havy Lau, and let's talk about this Um Dr. April, um, what, what does it mean to, uh, we'll springboard off of this. What does it mean that intimacy is real? We say bringing intimacy back where intimacy is real.
1: So what that means is being authentic. Yeah. Yes. And so when we talk about intimacy, we talk about it being authentic and vulnerable, being open to share, you know, um, Also being able, for me, it's also being able to actually hear the other person. Yeah. Yes, yes. And that's with body, mind, spirit, and soul. So when I say intimacy is real, is that we're not holding back. We're not being
2: fake. And we're talking uh, Mm -hmm. about real life stuff and being open and vulnerable. And this book that Pam has written about how to be a safe haven for women. uh, Pam, come on in. Let's Hello. talk about yeah. what it is to be a safe haven. What is it to be a safe haven for women?
3: Well, first of all, I just want to tell you both that I think you're being very courageous by even talking about the word intimacy because it's been it's been associated only with sex. And I think that that is, you know, of course sex is intimate, but are the what Dr. April just said, this ability to authentic and vulnerable. And actually those are catchphrases today because often people are like, well, if you're not authentic and vulnerable, I don't wanna know you. But what, what I mean by a safe haven, um, a safe haven obviously doesn't mean uh, that you're protecting someone from everything bad that could ever happen because that's not reality. But uh, a safe haven I see is, a, is the, the atmosphere a person brings to another human being and that atmosphere is humble yeah. right um, that atmosphere is available that they're say, they're accessible it's an accessible atmosphere and that atmosphere says i'm going to stay here for the long haul you know so a safe haven just it, maybe it is maybe you're just in a relationship for, with someone just for a short period of time i'm not saying it has to last forever that would feel like a ball and chain But can we, when I think, when I envisioned this book many, you know, about probably seven years ago now, I remember thinking how it was certain women along in my life who were safe havens for me. And you probably could think of that too. What was it about them? um, And what's the opposite of being a humble person, right? Only being about yourself, only talking about yourself. Um, A safe haven allows for both, both listening and speaking. So I would start with that um, because there's so much more to say about that. Um, I am, I I do come from a Christian perspective. So I believe that uh, Jesus is actually models for us, a safe haven with his disciples. He spent a lot of one-on-one time with them. Yeah. So that's what I would say about
1: that. Yeah. So I'm just curious, back in um, college when you guys were um, meeting for the first time, um, Pamela, were you always this
3: um, deep? <laughs> That's so funny. Yes, I unfortunately was given that when I was a, even a young child. I always want. I'm so curious, right? You know, like I have to know why things happen, and I want to always. I have to be honest, and this is what made our relationship so good, Kelly. Um, we we wanted to know each other. Yeah. I mean we really there was that 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 need to be known and we weren't afraid of that right I mean right. we we weren't pretentious so yes I would answer that I probably always have sought after that and if you read part of my book you might know why but part of that is just how God created me but I will tell you that um, I I teach college students and I have for the last you know 25 years and that longing has multiplied, has increased significantly for younger women in particular.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the beginning of your book, you do talk about how, I guess, you guys had a tragedy in the sense of mm-hmm. a death, and then how you really didn't have um, anyone really having an, an intimate conversation.
3: Yeah, how do you talk intimately about tragedy, right? Right. right? I mean, think about it. When you hear about who someone's, you, you feel sad for them. But you think anything I say is going to sound trite or that can't make it better. And yet, those sometimes are that I, re, I remember experiencing. I remember those days right after Brad's uh, brother and fiance were killed, that everyone tiptoed around me at first. And my mother in law, who was the one who lost her son, she was broken. So I, I couldn't I couldn't go to her right I mean suddenly who she was that safe haven for me I needed to become that for her which is happens all the time in life but yes you're right I mean how how we talk intimately in during our tragedies really makes a difference in how we heal you know and how we move forward so you know if I I I remember very clearly that the first time someone was able just to sit with me and not say anything and just be present with me, maybe while tears flowed or maybe while I just needed to talk about something that wasn't so deep, that was when I was able to start um, feeling like someone was a safe haven for me in tragedy. And
2: Henry, now in, um Perhaps you've read some of his books he talked about uh, in The Wounded Healer, the ministry of presence and how he would go and he would be with people in the hospital and he would just sit and listen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Pam, you didn't know this when we met and we were becoming friends. Yeah. But I had just lost my twin brother just one year Mm -hmm. before I went to Liberty. And I was just yeah. shut down. I was uh, musing, muses mm-hmm. to think, uh, muses to not think. And I didn't even know what to do. So, mm-hmm. but just the ministry of presence. And I love the cover of your book with the two cups of mm-hmm. coffee, because that's what mm-hmm. we did. We were both young. I mean, I mm-hmm. must've been 18 or 19. Yeah. And we'd sit across from one another and you get to communicate. And how rare it is for people to sit across from one another and really. Mm-hmm. communicate. Mm-hmm. And so um, I also liked, Uh, your chapter eight, where you had conversations (laughs) about sex, didn't get to complete that, but you're, you are correct. People have a hard time talking about the one, they assume that intimacy is sexual intimacy and there's so many dimensions of it. Mm -hmm. But today I would like to talk about sexual intimacy and how you open that conversation Mm -hmm. with these young women and talk about sex and make it a safe place.
3: Well, let's go back even from what we said in the beginning, Kelly. I mean, think about where we, how we grew up and went to that. We went to a very conservative university where not only could you not talk about it, but if you were caught doing it, you were expelled. I mean, I'm just saying there's yeah, a lot of legal. Years. Yeah, there's a lot of legalism <laughs> and shame that is around, especially for people who come from any religious background. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that even for me, I was like, how do I, how do we talk about this? And then God gave me three daughters, right? And I was like, how do I talk to them about this without being that legalistic, without making it shameful? Um, Then to add another layer on top of being able to have conversations about sex is I developed these incredible relationships with women um as they were my students and then would you know become my friends right well they're in their 30s and 40s now and they would tell me stories that they felt like there was no one who would talk to them about sec- their sexuality like like what if they didn't wait till they got married i mean think about it. that's again i'm coming back from this very conservative perspective and i again i said in the beginning you know i think that god did design sex between for a marriage relationship between a man and woman but the world we're living in is setting that on the table and saying is that is that all this is for and we need to be part of that conversation we've right. got to be part of it so um i i think i opened the door by writing this chapter but before i wrote the chapter Um, I did a lot of interviewing and talking to really, it was conversations like this. I mean, we use the word interview, but I let I, I asked questions and I said, why? Why is there what's going on with this topic, especially about sexuality? And one of the one of the young women said, you know, she said, I have been living with my boyfriend and I wanted to talk to a woman at my work about it. So she was like, you know, probably someone who's 10 years older. And she said, as soon as I brought up the subject that I, want, I wanted to talk to her about something, the woman turned to her and said, if you didn't already make the mistake of living with your boyfriend, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, no, what does that do to intimacy? I shuts it down. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That story I heard in different renditions over and over. Um, and then when you have uh, women who are struggling and they want that longing, that closeness with another woman and, they, and that, to be honest with you, they'll sometimes think it's like a homosexual relationship. They get confused. There's no one to talk to because if they bring it up, shame. If you bring it up, you're out. I, I again, know of people who've been asked to leave churches and asked to leave jobs because they might be open about something they're just wondering about. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's, in a sense, that's why these five patterns are so important when we just because you need these other patterns to talk about sex. You don't just jump right in there.
1: (laughs) Can you go into your five patterns? And and I was just about to say that even though um, we're talking about some people who may even have premarital sex, but even those people who have saved themselves and let's say they go into a marriage, they many times had wanted a conversation Mm -hmm. about intimacy and sex prior to entering marriage because now there's shock there um, certain things just doesn't feel right. I mean this is what I hear in counseling of course yeah and so even if we can have our conversation even before someone has sex is really mm-hmm. important and not to just focus so much on sex but to focus also and more importantly on intimacy the connection and what that leads to and I think It's really great to have older women mentoring younger women in conversation about intimacy. Um, I do guys want to talk talk to you guys a little bit before we go on a break about a charity that we have that's actually kind of the same thing. That's mostly about intimacy, but it's that mentoring. And we're highlighting Freely Give Incorporates, a nonprofit for empowering women. And one of the things they do um, is they sponsor... um, children and young adults, and how to make positive differences in the community, such as Entrepreneur Community Service. And actually, I was highlighted one of their people called Black, Black Girls Rock. They were highlighting leaders. And so if anyone's thinking of of um, donating, there it's a great thing because they empower young women, mind, body, spirit. And so when we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about those five patterns that is in your book on how to make a safe haven for other women and when we talk about
0: intimacy we'll be back in a moment are you wanting a vacation in paradise a vacation to rekindle the passion a vacation without the kids a vacation where you can learn how to communicate where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight if so vacation counseling is your next vacation Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the Vacation Counseling, please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on vacation counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy, and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, vacation counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida.
1: Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. And today with Dr. Kelly, we're talking with Pamela Law on how to have safe haven conversation about intimacy. She has a book called A Friend and Me, How to Be Safe Haven for Other Women. And so she's going to teach us what are these five patterns. And then sitting here like, I want to (laughs) know what are these five patterns and how they relate to intimacy. Well, then that's
3: really the key, right? Because otherwise, what's the point of having it? <laughs> um, it's kind of interesting to think about that um, getting to the other side of pain and suffering is actually one of the patterns. I know that sounds kind of like, now wait, that's, we're going to start there. But here's, the, here's what uh, the deal, and I, I bet you you ladies know this so much more than I do. But when we s- don't get to the other side of our pain, we leak, right? And so if we stay in pain, right? If we just, we never deal with our stuff. If we um, are never really honest about our, uh, you know, whether it's trauma or whether it's just been hurt by someone. When, when we're a safe haven for someone else, we won't be a safe haven for them. We will be a storm, right? Because you, you Mm. leak what's not refined. Mm. How, but so how that pattern is is a good thing is that if you do get to the other side of your pain and suffering, it's gold. Because then you get to say to somebody, it's not like, oh, I've been there because none of us wanna hear that, right? That's not very comforting. But what you are able to do is just have a stillness about you and then you can say, I actually can tell you my story. So, So this idea, that's my first pattern is getting to the other side of suffering. And I think, ladies, honestly, we've got to allow room to tell those kinds of stories. You know, I mean, maybe when Kelly and I were young, maybe we just talked freely because we didn't we didn't care what we were gonna, the image we were gonna project, right? But as we get older, we care so much about our image that we're like, well, I don't want anyone to know that I had this tragedy or that I was married once before or that I had six boyfriends or whatever. But if you're going back to, that's intimate you know? So I think that's my first, the first pattern. I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you, I, you know?
1: Yes. I really love that. Um, This week in the sense of scripture, it was talking about um, being coon. And when you're being coon, mm-hmm. it's sometimes painful, but mm-hmm. that's what we need to do to sharpen ourselves
3: and kind of, like you said, going from pain to healing. So, yes. And, and I think that that's really, where so many of our, and I, when I say younger women, I mean, I wanna be honest, like I think somebody can be 10 years ahead of us, but they need us too. So let's not, you know, right? Exactly. I mean, all ages of women need right, each other. Right, right, but... right. And for us, um, well, anyway, let's not. <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> won't
1: go I there. mean, still all the women that are above us, you know, can help us
3: in the sense of um, menopause and all the other stuff that, yes. Right. And then the second, the second um, pattern is the pattern of comfort. And the way that that relates to intimacy is um, when I was, I share in my book, I write about how we had a family tragedy when I was 14. Um, so I would go to high school every day. And I was so, I was such a strong-willed teenager that I would sit listening to the teacher, take notes with tears coming out of my eyes, right? Because I didn't want anybody to feel, I, I wanted to go to school, and do this when people when my friends would try to comfort me i'd push them away okay. because they didn't really they didn't really understand yet what i was going through but i needed comfort i needed somebody to be able to wreck it to witness what i was going through so what i guess my point is is in a safe haven who has that practice of comforting is present but doesn't smother mm-hmm. Yeah, comfort, comfort is, is very wise, but there's a way to do it. Right. I mean, and, and here's the other thing I would say, sometimes I need calm and soothing words to comfort me and calm me down. But you know what, ladies, I sometimes want more to comfort me are those strong, courageous words that say you are not done yet. Mm. Rise up. You People know are that, the words of a friend, right? Yes, exactly. That sometimes is more comforting to me. I need oh. that words of courage more than I need. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. So that's there's a there's a there's a fine distinction there of comfort.
2: It reminded me of that co- a country song that says, uh, "Get up and do your makeup," <laughs> like stand up and do your makeup. <laughs> I can't concerned.
3: remember it, but it was like, but, yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. But just don't ignore people. I guess that's comfort means you're looking, but you're not smothering, but you're present. And then the third one's understanding. And I think understanding, you know, you could look at, you might think, well, that sounds like everything we've been talking about. No, no, no. It has a very um, interesting nuance. It's discerning what to say and discerning what to encourage someone to do. You know, understanding really is a discerning that, um, you know, a lot of us don't want truth. You know, uh, so if you think about uh, I, when I witnessed my, the, the shift that has taken place in the college students that I teach, they used to tell each other the truth. Well, they no longer do that to save face. They might tell me the truth, but they will not tell the truth to their peers. And I know you're like, you're all tilting but, your head. Yeah, it makes yeah.
2: sense with the social
3: social media, social media. Uh,
2: how we have to just keep, you know, the presence, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. look as good as your social media and Insta and all that looks. Yes.
3: So for example, uh, when, when someone, when uh, someone who's younger than me might come and, and, and tell me something, I'm going to use an example of one of my students who didn't show up for class, didn't turn in an assignment. and, you think to yourself, well, what does this have to do with being a safe haven? Well, everything, because I know that she's in my presence lying to me. <laughs> and I, instead of, I can tell you're lying to me, I don't talk like that to her. I wait until I can ask certain questions and discern. And it's amazing how a few minutes later I get an email with the truth. So there, that idea of being, of understanding is waiting until you, you, you ask the right questions until you get to the truth. And then the fourth one is full forgiveness. And I think obviously this is chapter probably, cha- well, is that chapter eight? <laughs> is it? I, I thought so. It could be, probably is, but that pattern, um, I tell you, I mean, think about all the women in your life right now. And some of all of the regrets they have okay is it our job to remind people of their mistakes but we do it in our minds we're like well if she hadn't done that you know she'd be so much happier today or whatever well the idea of full forgiveness is is it's a biblical principle uh, all religions actually practice full forgiveness um, I have seen in relationships with other women that if somebody points out where they misstepped along the way, they won't open up to them. That, that shuts down intimacy. And when, we're, when we practice full forgiveness in our female relationships, it really translates into our romantic relationships because then we're able to literally translate that into a relationship with, with the person we you know, deeply love. But full forgiveness is not something that I have seen really acted out 100% um, in, our women's, in women's lives. So if even two people listening right now were to physically show forgiveness to someone, right, physically, the way you hold your body, the way you make eye contact with someone, the way you, the way you engage them, letting saying, I for, I've let the past go. It changes one person's life. And Full we do forgive
2: We forgive, for not, you forgive not only for the person, but for yourself. It, nothing can change a person's countenance greater than unforgiveness and bitterness mm-hmm. and resentment. It will change. You. It does not matter what you put on your face, what product. If you do not forgive somebody and you do not relinquish mm-hmm. that, it will change your entire countenance. So you forgive mm. that person so that you can be free as well and have a more intimate relationship. Sometimes I think, Pam, and speak into this as well as Dr. April, I think that it's kind of humbling to tell somebody that they hurt us. Mm, that's good. It's, it's like you hurt me. I'm. Why don't we say to somebody that they've hurt us? Is that connected to pride? What do you think? I mean. I think, well, it's it being vulnerable.
1: vulnerable.
2: Yes, vulnerable. That's the
1: vulnerable and we don't really want to open up to say I'm hurt.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. But it, just because you say I'm hurt, you're going to be okay. And learning how to be okay with pain. And kind of like you were saying with your first one, that we have to go through the pain. And I think so many people don't realize that, that you have to go through the pain to get to the
3: other side.
2: Sounds so, like yeah, a five-step program I need to get involved yeah. in.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they have those out there. what was, Kelly, how'd you ask the question again? Do you remember, you said, how do you tell someone that they've hurt you? They've hurt you, like
2: it's a vulnerable thing. Sometimes I will get hurt. I'm more sensitive than people think. I do mask it with humor. And if my feelings Mm -hmm. get hurt and I realize it's not subjective, it's really that they hurt my feelings, but I don't want to tell them.
3: Well, um, interesting that you bring that up because um, the University of Southern California, uh, the Southern California University system has now made, a class that students have to take on friendship for one semester because I know you're shocked, right? Because I want to, yeah, I want to, yeah, there's, there's so much isolation right now and an inability to move beyond the stages of friendship, right? Cause the stages are you initiate, right? You um, intensify, you engage and you, you experiment. Well, when you ask people about that those stages of relationship they will tell you that they are so afraid of being used they're afraid of of, of giving more than they take get back so so for you to say can i let someone know that my feelings have been hurt you're all the way you you know you're down at this other stage when all, the rest of the world is still at this stage of initiating does that make sense you know so yes, yes. i, I, I think that's you yeah, better thought... all of a sudden <laughs> I mean, there's actually a lack. There's a great lack in people having intimate relationships. So that's why the title of your program is very intriguing to me because I don't think that, I mean, I think we go straight for the romance, straight for the one partner, and yet all the other foundational pieces of intimacy we need. Our, we haven't taken the time to build into our lives. So to tell someone they've hurt me, that means I'm really going to trust you and we're going I'm hoping you're going to be with me for the long haul. I don't know. What do you
2: think? I think that just can, kind of convicted me in my spirit because
3: be I'm serious
2: because it's like I have to go beyond the pain. I, when my twin brother died and I was 16, I never even cried at his funeral. Mm -hmm. And I never even trusted many people didn't even know that I had a twin it was so deep. And then I started to um, cultivate the understanding of what that loss was. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I do have closer friendships with the people that I do trust, and it does Mm -hmm. boil down to that. So how can we be a person that someone can trust.
3: Well, and I think that's the fifth pattern, which is compassion. Yeah. And you know the the ability, the skill, I mean that that compassion it means to suffer with, right? It's not just sympathy, it's it's suffering with someone, and so you just you just spoke it out. You said that you know those people who were your true friends suffered with you. Um, I I think compassion is the glue that helps us do all the other patterns before it you know go ahead
1: no yeah. i just love that 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 definition of compassion i never heard of that before to suffer with yeah i mean you just dropped a bomb there <laughs>
3: yeah well, we, actually I don't, don't let me give database. myself too much credit it's actually from the latin <laughs> <laughs> it's from the latin meaning pati and come which means to suffer with so that's where it comes from i didn't i didn't just script i myself but you remember when so, yeah. Jesus
2: was in the he went to the garden and he, he took three with him he told some of the disciples stay here and then he took he said Peter James and John, John
3: please mm-hmm. you know you come with me why do you think he chose three hmm. well I don't think we can handle more than that to be intimate with I think that's the other lie that's been told to our culture that we need to be we can't you can't handle being intimate with 10 people that's a lot that's a lot and it's and you're not gonna you're gonna be different people maybe to those ten but in terms of the intimacy that Jesus had with those three he entrusted his deepest part of himself to those three he did that's a that's a great model for sure you know but I I have seen where where when women take the initiative to literally ask people, step out and say, I want you as part of my inner circle, you know, and act on that. I believe that they lead they lead more confident lives, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe it's not just about you too. Maybe you're going, the premise of the book is really, are you reaching out to to other women and saying, can I, you know, what can I do for you? Maybe it's not always social exchange theory, right? Right. Um, I believe as Christians that we that is part of the gospel to not always want something in return. And that that only can happen, you know, if you're being filled up with, by by God. But th- I think that is something that I really I when I wrote this book, I hoped for a movement for for women like you and I and anyone else listening to reach out and to say, I, I I've, I've seen you. Can we meet for coffee? Can we meet at a bar and have a drink? I just want to know how you're doing.
1: From an yeah. older woman, what holds us back from hmm. talking with the younger women about intimacy? I mean, I know some older women think, well, I don't know the language, today's language. You know? Or so,
3: Yeah. Well, they, first of yeah, go ahead. What were you going to
1: say? Oh, are they afraid that if they talk with the younger women, they would have to disclose and be vulnerable themselves <laughs> about their
3: own past? So I don't know, what is that? That's a great question. And the first thing that I've heard from, um, from women who are like over a certain age is that they don't think they're wanted or needed. Mm. Oh yeah. What you just say? Happening? Nope, they don't really see themselves as having something to offer. And I think that's another lie. Of course, every person on planet earth to me has something to offer. And that is, that is where that came from, I don't know, but maybe it's popular culture. You know, we uh, we honor fame and youth. <laughs> um, but that's one thing that holds people back. But the other is, to be completely honest, is this lack of one of the patterns, which is a lack of understanding. Boy, are we married to what we think is right. We just think a life should look a certain way and we will not tolerate if anyone walks a different path. And so when you think that, it comes out in your body language, right? It comes out, so I, that's the, there's two different things going on there. One is someone doesn't feel like they're confident enough. Another is they just, they don't think that people should do anything but what is right all the time. Well, that's not reality. I mean, God did design certain things, but, but we live in a fallen world and things happen and we make mistakes. I like to say that part of it is, you know, we
2: have God's perfect will, like you had said, that um scripturally um it is marriage is designed for God from God between man and a woman. Mm -hmm. We know Mm -hmm. that. And we know that he hates divorce. He hates divorce. Why? Because he hates divorce people? No, because Mm -hmm. he knows of the deep pain that it causes. And if we could just open up those doors that um people can trust one another. But the question that I have um, is, how Mm. can women reframe how they see one another? Because we know of catty women. We know Mm. of women that backstab. We know of some women who have been hurt because they trusted their best friend who then slept with their partner. Right, right. Like, how can we uplift them as they go through their relationship journey?
3: Are you talking like women, like our peers? Or are we talking in a mentoring relationship? Or are we just like, how would you? Like I think both. I think we could say, okay. first of all, let's look at it as our
2: peers, like, um, because you know what, I know a lot of people think I have a ton of friends, and I do. But here locally, I have some. And I have, a, I, I get lonely here sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I think, boy, I'd like to have some closer friends. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, you know, there is that, you know.
3: There's that what? Oh,
2: you're pushing me.
3: Okay. Yes,
2: yes. There's that fear that, you know, what am I, that, what are they going to need from me? Like, okay. Okay. Thank just, you for uh, saying that.
3: Cause that's it.
2: That's exactly what it is. Cause I don't, yeah. I want to be Kelly. I don't want to be Dr. Kelly to my friends. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: You know? mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, that's a very, I thank you for saying that. Cause that's very authentic and very honest. Well, you pushed me for honesty. I did push you doing that. So, I So I'm, can I be my true Pam Lau self right now? Bring it. Yes. Yes. Okay. My, oh, when my oldest daughter was 14, I could not look at her without becoming physically ill and upset because I was 14 when my mom left our family. Mm. So I say this to say I needed some help because I could not imagine, right? But I thought, Who on earth am I going to talk to about this? So I put myself in, you know, I found a therapist and I started talking, but it wasn't enough. I needed to talk to a woman who experienced exactly what I did so that I could. So I prayed. I asked God, I said, I'm looking, this is what I'm looking for. I was so specific. I want someone who has the same life I have. They teach and they write and like they seek you in that way. I want someone who was a mom and I want someone who was a who was abandoned by her own mother. Now, that's a lot to ask for. Would you believe three weeks later? It happened. I was sitting in a group somewhere. I think it was like a baby shower or something. And somebody mentioned someone else. She said something and I was like, what? That happened to her? And I went back. I emailed the woman and I said, would you be willing? To meet with me and talk to me about what these things and she did i tell you that story to say we have to name our needs as women Mm. we have to name our needs we're not good at that we think why isn't someone pursuing me well we want to be pursued but that's not always how it works so name our needs and then what I tell, this is my true, honest self. I always write it down and I pray and I say, God, this is what I need. And I get specific. I Love need that. someone. loves yes. it when we pray specifically. Of course. And then I keep my ears and eyes open. And I'm willing to do the initiating. And I know that that could be a personality trait, right? But here's the, the fourth thing I do. There's nothing more that I despise than when someone says, let's get together. And then we don't do it, right? Or we just say mm-hmm. that to each other. So what I do on the end of a week is I open up my Google calendar and I look ahead over the next couple of weeks and I say, so where, where is my connection with women? Like, where is that? And if it's not on there, wow. I send some emails or I send a couple texts. But I put it on the calendar and I protect it. Now, does that mean it's the same person? There are some women that I do like a regular, I I I do a lot of, because of the work I do, I had a, a lot of people who like, there's like prayer only that we do. Okay. And I believe ladies with women who are in any leadership position, they need that kind of caring in their lives, but it's on the calendar every week. But then when there's that social, just the need, Kelly, what you're saying, like, okay, I just want to I just want to sit and like talk. You know, I don't want to be your therapist. I don't want to be your doctor. I, you know, I don't want to just listen to you for an hour. I want to have a conversation. You pray and you ask God to show you who that is and you seek them out and you get them on your calendar. Yeah. And you that's the richness of life. Wow, that's the richness wow. of life. Thank you so much for,
1: and I love that we have to name our needs. I mean, that is, mm-hmm. yes, that's magnifying, and then that's like you know, you put it out there, and of course, the atmosphere and God will provide it. Yeah, going to take yeah. a short break, and then when yeah. we get back, we will take questions from the audience.
2: If you are listening to this commercial, you have a pulse. If you have a pulse, you have stress. You may need a therapist. How do you find a therapist? Oh, you go to your phone book. Wait, what's that? Go to the World Wide Web, you type in, therapist near me. And then you find a list of acronyms. LMHC, LPC, NCC. (sighs) How on earth do I understand this and navigate this? Go to DrKelleyBoucher.com Dr. Kelly specializes in helping people that struggle with anxiety, stress, burnout, grief, depression, compassion, fatigue, sleep issues, body image issues. You can have help today. Dr. Kelly
1: Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Show where intimacy is real. Um, Pamela just dropped another bomb and that's when she said, as women, we have to name our needs, and this is in a discussion about intimacy and conversation with other women. Wow, that was just amazing.
2: It is important. In fact, I am uh, when I look at my screen right now, my gallery view. I'm sandwiched between Dr. April and Pam, and <laughs> I both of you are in my life because of conversations that I've had.
3: Hmm.
2: And so those intimate conversations and those, uh, but the interesting thing too, Pam, and I want to mention this. Mm. I think that God also mm. know. well, I don't think we know that God knows our needs. Not everybody knows mm. that. Not everybody listening to the sound of this mm. podcast would identify mm. even with Jesus as a savior. Um, he maybe is a man that walked the earth. He's a historical figure, but he's changed our lives. My personal relationship with Jesus is based on intimacy. Mm -hmm. And that is what gravitated me to you, Pam, in our friendship Mm -hmm. because of your love Mm -hmm. for him. And he knew that we both had experienced abandonment from a mother and loss. Mm -hmm. And we didn't even talk about that. It's three decades further. We're three decades past that. And we had those conversations and grew a friendship. And now, so some of the seeds that were planted in our life, so we can look around and say, you know what? Who is it that we met from this period of our life that we gravitated to? They were important to us. Who like was fun to be around? And we can also reach out to them. So I'm going to reach out. You spoke earlier about the Google, Google calendar. And I'm going to reach out to a few of those people. Um, and you've spoken into my life. I also want to let people know that we do have a call-in number, which is one 627 6008 If you have any questions for Dr. April, myself, and our guest, author Pam Lau.
1: All right? Oh, I think we just got a question coming in. All right, and this is from Susan, who is 32, and she's stating that she's Just had a miscarriage and a couple of months ago, and they're thinking about starting again to try to have a baby. However, she does not know how to talk with other women about it because of the pain of the miscarriage, but also some people may think they shouldn't, you know, try that again of
3: having another child. So Susan, first, I just want, is this for me or is this for you ladies? Oh, for you. Oh, well, first I'm just, I just want to say that um, I am, I feel deeply compassionate for you um, because it's to lose a, a pregnancy is, it really is more difficult than we know because it's something that you do on by yourself. It's private. Um, I have had a couple miscarriages, so I do understand that. But the question you ask is. Um, make make sure I understand. Do you do you talk to somebody because you're afraid of what they might say? You know, in the really be- be- very beginning of the show, we talked about humility and being humble. And I gotta tell you, I've never, I've never regretted sharing my pain with the right person. Mm. I've never regretted that. But I have felt the foolish feeling of when I shared it with the wrong person. Okay. So I would say, pray and ask God if and if there's someone who is either around you close by, like geographically, who you could connect with and who, who has also suffered um, a miscarriage and just share that with them. And I would also really challenge you to, know that nobody can take from you uh, your own feelings and pain for that. In other words, if you don't want to share that right away, I think that that's sacred. I mean, you, you get to choose the timing of that for sure. But the, but the third thing I would say is what's wonderful about sharing is you can't believe that there's somebody else out there who is, who is dying in pain for someone to tell them that that happened to them too. And so I, I would encourage you to seek that person. No one can tell you if you can try or not. That is your decision. But for your own mental and emotional well-being, when you share it, it really does enrich, enrich your life and bring healing to you. Thank I'm you. I'm curious Pam. what you ladies think
2: i have i have another um well i what i think about that is that god opens the womb yeah i mean he he opens the womb and he closes the womb i mean ask sarah right
3: yeah (laughs) times you don't want it open
2: (laughs) (laughs) so uh and and don't let i would like to say to susan don't let those words be like velcro and stick to you just uh just please release it. The enemy loves to get us to recall things that should have never been said to begin with. So release that. I do have a question from Debbie who said uh, she, a number of years ago, trusted a Christian woman in her church with uh, her same-sex attraction. The woman prayed with her once and they never spoke of it since. And that question is for you, Pam, from uh, Faith Community Faith based perspective how would you respond
3: well first of all i am so sorry and i have heard that story so many times um and i don't know what the nature of the prayer was so i don't have any idea what this woman said to you but i just i just it actually it actually brings tears to me because what i want to say to you is good for you for for praying with someone then i don't know how long ago that was but i really encourage you to um ask god for other safe people to talk with about this um and then i also want to say do not let the enemy bring shame into your mind and heart i mean literally say no to that um i don't know what god's purposes and plans for are for your life um you say that you come from a faith-based background you hold on to your faith um our our sexuality is not our identity Our identity comes from being created in the image of God and God created you just exactly the way you are. And how you need to move forward with something like this um, is to not stop until you find community where you're supported, where you're known, where you're protected for your character and your integrity. And they, they do exist, I, I can guarantee they do exist, but it's, but it's not the obvious ones, you know? You have to seek it. And, and again, I sometimes I always wanna apologize for the church because she has not done a good job uh, of talking about sexuality that, that we believe is, does, is not right for uh, people who follow Jesus. We've not done a good job of being able to say this is not your whole identity and let's talk about this. So I would also like to say to you um, like what Kelly just said, she's going to open up her Google Calendar. I really challenge you to open up your Google Calendar and find some new people to talk with about that again. And please don't abandon prayer. That's the Lord of the Universe listening to you, not a human being.
1: Right. And to just even finish up what you're saying, which is um great what you're saying um the church is by men and and women of course yeah yeah and it's not god so just Mm -hmm. because you maybe feel like you're being judged by your church don't think that's Mm -hmm. how god is judging you because that's men and women including myself we're all um sinners and not you know perfect like god is so yes
2: definitely wow that was pretty deep Yeah, well, we're like a sandbar. You can go casual and then go (laughs) deep. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, wow. And and, um, you told us so much. And the five steps of pain, comfort, understanding, forgiveness, and compassion, which is Mm -hmm. suffering with others, being right along with others, how that just brings that intimate bond, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And people who are out there, please think about getting her book. I think that's really, yes.
3: It's called A Friend in Me, How to Be a Safe Haven for Other Women. Although I will tell you, I wish that I could write the next one for men. <laughs> <But I> think,
2: <laughs> Why
3: can't you? Anyway. Well, I don't know if a woman should write that. How about, book, a but co- anyway. well, how
2: about co-writing it with your husband?
3: Well, that probably would be a good idea, although he doesn't like to write. Although he's a great writer. I, I really am so grateful to see both of you today, um, you're, and I really appreciate what you're doing to communicate with the world.
1: Yes. So if our listeners want to get in contact with you, how can they oh, go? Yeah.
3: Oh, absolutely. So you can go to my Instagram page, which is Pamela Havy Lau. Um, I also have a, a website, PamelaLau.com. So that's just P A M E L A dot com so pamela lau i try to send out some uh in- encouraging words about once a month if you sign up for a newsletter but i also am welcome open to emails because i love to communicate with uh, my readers and so my email address is pamela havy lau at com. i listened to um
2: i went to your website and i listened to the one with dr sarah i believe oh I'm- yes when you talked yes. about, it was in February and it was from brokenness to belovedness. And uh, I really enjoyed that. I, I just remembered her as Dr. Sarah. I couldn't remember her last name. Yes. But, Baldwin. Um, yes. So you can yes. get your podcast and that came, that showed right up on my audible.
3: Yeah. Um, I
2: think I listened to it on yes. my audible.
3: Actually, the podcast is something I really recommend um, uh, because that's only new in the last year and a half. But you yeah, noticed that, that been a place. Yeah. So how can so, yeah, we get more of your podcast? Tell us about that. Go on to Apple iTunes or to audible or Spotify and type in real life with Pamela Lau. Right. And I'd love to have more listeners. We're trying to get more because I have my next few books. Um, they're telling me that, you know, we've got to get more listeners so we can put more books out there. So help me out. <laughs> do you have an iPhone? I do.
2: Well, uh, uh Join Clubhouse. We'll do a Clubhouse together. What's that? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll email you about it. But we're having one tomorrow at 730. If you get your app today. Oh, um, yes. You have to be invited, though. But, oh, yes. But, so yeah. I, can, I can invite her. Yeah, invite her because I gave all my invites away. I didn't know. There oh, no, I, yes, yes, I have some. What, is, what you do you do with it? It's you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. It's kind of like LinkedIn. And, uh, Facebook live, but it's all audio and it's like amazing. And you can, you create a room and it's audio. So like you see, we get to see one another, which I really love, but it would all be audio. So tomorrow at 7 30 AM Eastern standard time, we're Mm -hmm. going, um, into a clubhouse and we're talking about intimacy again. And then we, you meet different people, authors, uh, podcasters, just wives mothers, friends, but you, know? you invite
3: everyone or someone else invites everyone
2: uh you have to get invited in first to join and oh, then you get to join the different clubs and there's some on body mind and spirit mental health wellness intimacy mm-hmm. like yeah. next week uh we have um no i I don't know Ashley Bernardi of Nardi media, but she's it's coming out finding your
3: voice.
2: Oh, good. That's a great one. And then the end of March, we have Linda DeVillers and I found her book in a bookstore and it was on aphrodisiac food. Awesome. Yes. Wow. So, but the thing is, is that you may find authors and different people and singers, but you know what? That is one way that you can grow it. But we know that it is God that gives the increase and we cast our bread on the water. It will come back to us. And I have no doubt, Pam, that your ministry through your writing is going to continue to grow. Thank you, Kelly. I mean that. i receive received So Awesome. Thank you again for being on the
1: show. And we'll look forward to you. And you're welcome on the show at any time. We look forward to any more intimate conversations with you. Yes, definitely. So um, like Dr. Kelly was saying, we have a couple of shows coming up and um, the shows we have in April, um, we have the funny shrink Mike. He's talking about humor and healthcare. And then we have one of my all-time favorites, Marilyn Voco, as sex therapist.
2: Yes. And don't forget to watch, follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Apple podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera.
1: Yes. And if you like to review our ratings, just go onto iTunes and review them. And if you like to support us monetarily, we you can join our new Patreon. Yes, that because we're now having like a membership, and it's only five dollars to join. And it's Patreon slash BB Podcast.
2: And what's neat about that is we do post shows, and that means it's not like a blooper reel. But bringing intimacy back is where intimacy is real. And that's when we get to talk off script a little bit. Not that we're on a script, we're extemporaneous, but dig a little bit deeper in what that really meant. What did you think or feel or, you know, to just have a little bit more time, those intimate conversations with Dr. April. (laughs)
1: Yes, and Dr. (laughs) Kelly. And like Dr. Kelly was saying, we will be on live in Clubhouse. And um, um, Pamela, just an explanation of Clubhouse how I always think about it it's like a mm-hmm. conference with all these different rooms you can go into so nice. we're going to be live on every friday morning at 7 30 a.m it's only for an hour that we do and we talk about um awaking our intimacy and relationships
3: nice.
2: yes
1: okay is-
3: invite me love to come. okay i definitely will please <laughs> okay. do and uh we can
2: do a room together
3: yes yeah of course,
2: at any
1: time oh, that'd yeah. be
3: great
2: yes this has been the awesome.
3: Bringing
1: intimacy back show thank you guys so much and we'll see you guys next week